Welcome to the Lotus Life Podcast. My name is Kim Fisher. I'm a mindset and manifesting coach, showing women like you how to find, refine, and sustain the life of their dreams in order to create a life of productivity, achievement, and happiness. I'm so thankful you're here. This podcast serves as a portal to usher us all forward into the highest expression our soul desires. Let's go get it. Hey guys, welcome back. It's so awesome to have you here. Today's episode is all about manifesting and how it's really not a lot of pseudoscience. There's probably bits and pieces that are going to fall in the category of pseudoscience, even though I definitely still believe in it. However, this episode's really to inform you about how much manifesting is really connected to neuroscience. And this is important that you understand because there is literally a mechanism, a process that you will do in manifesting that affects your brain. So first of all, a little bit of background about me, especially if you're new to my channel, new to me, new to this podcast. Who am I on this topic? Like what gives me sort of the authority, if you will, on how to talk about this or why to talk about this? Well, for a long time. Um, I was thinking I was going to go to school to become a psychologist, and then I wanted to go on to study fMRI research and really become a PhD in neurophysiology and onward. I didn't end up doing that, but it took a lot of the undergraduate classes to get onto that track. So in undergraduate, I got my psychology major with a minor in cognitive science. And some of you already know this, I was a research assistant inside of the neuroscience lab there in SUNY Oswego. And we looked at fMRI data all the time on the brain. And I published a couple papers, one of them being on, um, and it's a mouthful, get ready, it's the resting state, functional connectivity of the amygdala and non-dependent alcohol drinkers. There is another paper that I helped publish and do research on with inhibitory control in uh, aging adults. Um, Yeah, so a lot of a lot of knowledge of the brain. I love the brain. I geek out on this stuff. And then I went on to get my graduate degree in human computer interaction, which was more study of the brain, more understanding about memory, cognition, etc. So when we talk about manifesting and we think about neuroscience, we cannot not lead with conscious versus unconscious mind. I'm going to make this super simple for you. You do not need any background in this and you'll get this. I know you will. So, uh, and by the way, understanding this information is going to like make you a believer. You, if you already believe in manifesting, that's awesome. But I know there's a lot of people out there that are like, it's woo, it's too hippy dippy. It's all pseudo. And I get that. I really do. Especially with my background. Like being in the scientific field, you had to learn rigorous scientific testing. And, you know, it, it's not always, you, you learn what pseudoscience is. And I can see and I have empathy for why people do believe manifesting is it pseudoscience. And I think a lot of the people that are manifesting coaches, a lot of the people in the field in this industry who speak of it, they really don't have the background in neuroscience and cognition. And so they only talk about the pseudoscience. They only talk about the woo. They only talk about the energy, the law of attraction, the law of vibration, those things, right? And they only talk about vision boards in terms of like, you got to focus on what you want. 
that's all true and that's all good stuff. But what where I like to take this to ground it even more for all of my nerdy science people out there and those people that are like, I want the facts, Jack, I want the data, is to therefore bring in neuroscience. So let's get into it. Conscious and unconscious mind. Your mind is split into conscious and unconscious mind. What that means is that you have a conscious part of your brain and you have an unconscious part of your brain. Conscious mind makes up anywhere from just one to two, maybe 3% cognition and uh, cognitive scientists, neuroscientists, psychologists argue on that number all the time, but it's a very small percentage of your mind is utilizing, you know, actively focused in the moment on conscious activity. The rest of your brain is doing unconscious behavior, such as, you know, regulating your heartbeat, paying attention to whether you got to pee or not, and picking up all of the sensory information in your environment. Everything from the car that just passed by the window to the ducks flying over, the geese flying overhead, to the heater just kicking out, to maybe someone walking down the hall or whatever it is. Your brain is actually filtering out all of that sensory information and keeping it in your unconscious mind. The reason it does this is because if all of a sudden all of this information about your buzzing, loud world was made conscious, you would go crazy because it's so much information. Who the heck? wants to hear every detail of the house creaking around them or the HVAC system in your company or your building kicking on? Who wants to hear every conversation at a cocktail party? You don't, right? And honestly, that's the coolest part of this is when I was taught to to learn about conscious and unconscious mind, with unconscious mind, the cocktail party phenomenon is what it's called, is really interesting and illustrates this uh, phenomenon or, or activity rather of the brain really clearly. So think about the last time you've been at a party. Um, you're able to focus on one person, right? One person talking to you. And yet somehow your brain dampers, quiets all of the other conversations going on in the room, right? You don't think of it. You take it that for granted, but that's an actual cognitive control. How is it that you're able to hear that one person and not hear or pay attention to everyone else in the room. Yet, when someone here says your name or you think or something close to your name, you're able to hear that instantly and you turn and wonder, did someone just say my name? You've, I, I know you guys have all had that experience. What's happening there is your unconscious brain is filtering out all of the non-important information, the non-relevant information that's happening in the cocktail party in the room. And instead, filtering through the information that is important in that moment, which is the conversation you're having with the person in front of you. Okay, you with me so far? What happens when you hear your name and you're able to like break that concentration and suddenly hear the other person? What's happening there is your unconscious mind was, remember, gathering all the information. Your unconscious mind hears every conversation that's happening. Here's the dog barking in the background. Here's the glass that just broke. It here's the snow, you know, the tire tracks coming up in the driveway. Here's all of that. But yet you can concentrate via your conscious mind on the conversation in front of you. So just hold that understanding that your unconscious mind gets all of it. 
when you are able to hear someone say your name and suddenly hear that and pay attention to it, what's happening is that a little part of your brain called the RAS, which stands for the reticular activating system, it is actually letting your name pass through to the conscious mind. And that's when you go, oh, did that person just say my name? Who just said my name? And you're looking for them. So your RAS, the reticular activating system, acts like a filter or a watchdog or a guard. And it kind of like looks over all of the busy noise and disturbances of the unconscious mind and says, all right, no, 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 simmer down, somewhere down. She's focused on a conversation right now. Um, where I'm, you know, the, I'm only here to pass forward salient, important information for her. So things like your name being said qualifies as important information, right? Just like when you're walking um, down the street and you're paying attention to maybe the conversation you're having with your friend and you're blocking out the world, but suddenly you're able to hear um, a bicycle or a motorcycle or a car that's really close by. You're hearing that because that's important information. Your unconscious mind collecting everything. Yet your reticular activating system knows we need to stay alive. That's important. I better pass this information up that the bus is a little too close for comfort. And boom, you're aware of it suddenly, right? And you turn to avoid the bus hitting you. Now, Let's 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 land this in the area of manifesting because this is where it gets really cool and we can actually use this same methodology and turn it on its head so to speak and actually train our reticular activating system because you you come pre-programmed in a sense hardwired with certain traits that your RAS just knows is important like how to keep you alive and what your name is, and you learn these important things from your of your parents, authority figures from the environment. But if you just let that be it, you'll never really fully unlock the potential of your brain, which is the manifesting piece. You'll never learn that, hey, I can actually use what the what the RES does on itself, which means what I'm trying to say is you can start to tell your RES what's important. And when you do that, it filters through the unconscious information. Remember, everything that's going on in your, in your environment that you, your conscious mind, are not paying attention to. Your unconscious mind is. It's like a, a, a collect all. When you train your RAS to pay attention to specific information, you will start to see that relevant, important information that matches what you're looking for in life will start to come up in your conscious mind. Let me give you an example. Let's say, I always use this one, but it's it's so it's absolutely so true. Let's say that you are a woman trying to get pregnant or you're just suddenly interested in getting married. You're thinking about weddings all the time, right? Or uh, let's just go with those two. If you are in a relationship and thinking about getting married, you're so emotionally focused on it. It's what you really want, right? You start checking out all the bridal magazines. You start looking at venues just for fun. You start scrolling through Pinterest on engagement rings and Instagram for engagement rings, right? Who hasn't done that? I had a folder 
on my computer called engagement rings. Yep, I just have it there. I mean, some of these rings are redonkulously expensive. <laughs> Ain't no one putting that on my ring any or my ring finger anytime soon. But like, I just love it, and it's fun to play and imagine and just be all girly and like just a princess for the day kind of vibes. Don't judge me. So anyway. When you start to get emotionally involved and you repeat a thought, an event, an activity over and over again, like getting married, you're telling your RAS that rings, white dresses, wedding cake, tuxedos, and whatever else involves in the category of getting married is in fact important. And what you'll notice is that as you go throughout your day, you suddenly start to notice everyone else's engagement rings. You start to notice everyone else's wedding bands. You start to hear in the environment wedding plans while you're waiting in line at the grocery store. Suddenly, it seems like everyone's getting married. You start stopping as you're scrolling on Facebook or Instagram and notice engagement photos. And you're like, oh my God, is everyone in the world but me getting married? Same thing when you're trying to get pregnant. When you're deciding that you want to have a kid, you start to notice what? Every single stinking pregnant belly, a pregnant woman out there with a pregnant belly, you start to see the whole world is freaking pregnant and you start to notice all the kids, right? You're just like, oh my God, you even start to pay attention to like, like when you go to restaurants, the, like the, the high chairs or whatever they're called, like you just become kid sensitive. And it's not that everyone suddenly got pregnant because you are not thinking about it. No, they've been pregnant. People being getting pregnant. People been popping out babies, but you just started to train your RAS and now you're paying attention to it. Those things have been there all along, but they weren't important to you yet. I'm going to say that again. Those things have been there. Engagement rings, wedding magazines, um, you know, pregnancy magazines, pregnant people, they've been there. Like you've seen those things repeatedly, but you didn't notice them because they weren't important to you just yet. But now that they are, and you've been focusing on it and talking about it and researching it and getting emotionally involved, that right there, repeating it with emotion, repeating it, whatever that is, the thought with some emotion behind it. Ooh, I really want that. Oh my God, that would be so nice. Like getting yourself emotionally involved. Are the key ingredients to training your RAS. And now look at the result. Everywhere you go, pregnant people who are married, <laughs> right? So this is really cool because now the world becomes this abundant place of the things you're looking for. Whereas before, it looked like it was void of that information, void of all that. I'll give you another example. Maybe you're thinking about losing weight. So here suddenly the doctor's like, you got to lose some pounds. This is good for your health. And you're like, I just want to feel better in my body. So you start really taking notes about nutrition, taking it seriously, asking people for uh, nutrition numbers, thinking about going vegetarian, et cetera. Well, you're training your brain because one, you're thinking about losing weight over and over again. And two, you are emotionally involved. You know this is important. You know this is going to be difficult. You know it's going to be great also, but there's a lot of emotion involved. Those are the two ingredients. So therefore, you're training your RAS. Well, don't you just start to notice all of the magazine titles while you're waiting in line at the grocery store that are like 
five you know, or 15 recipes in the slow cooker for fat loss, weight loss, and vegetarian. You're at a cocktail party and you're talking to someone, blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden you hear veggie patty recipe and you're like, what? You just hear it. And all of a sudden you turn and you're like, who said that? I've been dying to learn what a vegetarian patty should be like and taste like. What's going on there? Well, again, you're training your RAS. And it's not that people aren't vegetarian and not talking about this information. It's not like information on weight loss doesn't already exist. It's that you weren't paying attention to it because it wasn't important to you yet. You're hearing a theme, right? What I really want you to understand right now is that the world is always abundant. The universe, the world, is always abundant. You just don't see it that way yet. Until you start to train your brain, until you start to train that RES like a muscle, you just got to keep working at it, keep working at it. Think about the things you want. Think of how great your life's going to be. Think of the money you want to make. Think of the clients. Think of the students. Think of the job opportunities, the travel. Think of the emotional states you want to feel towards your life. Focus on it. Get emotional. Repeat, 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 repeat. You're training your brain. Then as you go throughout your day, your RES, which is watching over your unconscious mind, unconscious mind, which is paying attention to everything, is going to send information to the RES. RES is like, well, she says she wants to lose weight. Well, that matches it. Hey, pay attention. Talk to that person. Oh, she said she wanted to become a vegetarian. Well, there's a book cover. Hold on. Don't let that pass through your periphery. You suddenly catches your eye. Or, oh, Uh, She wanted to meet a very healthy individual that runs. Oh, take a look. There's a really attractive guy over there running at the park. And then you talk to that person and they're like, I come here all the time. You know, this is how these stories that you hear of like, all of a sudden, I just noticed this person or all of a sudden, I just noticed white Ferraris or all of a sudden, I just noticed it and the things I needed were there. It's because the world is always abundant. And There's really nothing magical going on here. You're just waking up to it. The world is abundant. Everything you need and want to get the job done, to have the life you want, is already here and available to you. For the most part, the very, I mean, the basics to get you going are always within arm's reach. So this is really about not so much manifesting to attract. It's about manifesting to see what's already there. You know, manifesting in a sense takes the blinders off and shows you the beautiful, abundant world that you live in. And when you think about it in that way, the manifesting is the removing of the blinders, I hope you get the question of, well, what the hell am I not seeing every day? This also brings us into the world of cognitive science called selective attention, where we're always just paying attention to the things that we pay attention to because we're selectively told through media, advertising, um, you know, authority figures, or just the patterns and behaviors we have in our brain to pay attention to these certain things. And that's it. Other things can pass right through our field of vision. We literally do not see them because we're not paying attention to them. If you don't believe me, go on YouTube right now, or some of you are already watching this video on YouTube, Google after this video or after this podcast, Google 
um, like gorilla test, selective attention, gorilla selective attention test. And I'm not going to tell anything. I don't want to spoil it for you, but just watch it and you will see exactly what I mean. So that's selective attention. And that's kind of the same thing. You're going throughout life totally unaware of everything that's actually in front of you. And when you become aware, because you're training yourself to become aware, that's what you're going to see. So if you want to see abundance, if you want to see love, if you want to see joy, if you want more money and you want opportunities and you want jobs and you want clients and you whatever you want, you have to understand it's already there. You're just not seeing it. Because if you saw it, you'd already have it. So we have to actually take the blinders off and get our brains sharp and aware of it. So to do that, you have to train your brain. How do you train your RAS, you guys? One, think about it on repeat. Often, often, often. Journal about it. Tell people about what you want. Make vision boards about it. Put images of it on your screen, um, your lock screen on your cell phone. Like, see the things you want consistently. Remind your brain consistently of what you want. And the other part of it is get emotionally evolved. You can't just look at images. You can't just talk about things and not get emotional. Emotionality puts like an extra boost into your thoughts and trains your brain even quicker. Emotions, emotion, emotion. Get emotionally involved in your dreams and repeat them often. That is how you will see the world infinitely as abundant and the opportunities, the resources, the people you need, the money you need will start to become very clear and very obvious for you to participate in. I hope this makes sense. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're like, cool. I get how manifesting connects with me actually training my brain and literally rewiring circuitry. And remember once you rewire something and become passionate about it, start to see it in your environment, you're going to start to take action on it. And that's really when manifesting starts to come alive. When you start to interact with the world that you now see as infinitely abundant, magic happens. It's so cool. All right, you guys, I'm so excited. By the way, if you want to learn more, dive in deep to the hard skills of manifesting. This Monday, the 2nd of January, I start the second annual five-day manifesting challenge. It's completely free, five days of embodiment practice where you learn my radical rituals. And then there is a hard manifesting skills. We've got vision boards, learning how to do a digital and physical one. We've got mirror work. Um, There's yoga and breath work involved. There's chakras and energy chanting, and there's integration in your next steps. Also, you will have a chance to win $200 cash by participating. So it's super exciting. So in the show notes, I'll go ahead and link so you can sign up. But if you you guys are listening to this as a podcast, make sure you head to my website, Kim is manifesting, as you know, my website, Kim is manifesting.mykajabi.com. Kim is manifesting.mykajabi.com. Kim is manifesting. Kajabi.com. All right. And then you can head right there. And on the homepage is the sign up. You'll put your name and your email address, and boom, you'll be on your way to start with us on Monday for the five day manifesting challenge. And maybe you will win $200. I don't know. Maybe you should train your reticular activating system to get you that cash. All right, guys. I love you so much. Thanks for being here for this fun episode. And I will see you next time. Mm-hmm.